For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Love Hour. I am your host, Miss Kev on stage, and I am joined by my husband and co-host, the Kev on stage. And we thank you so much for joining us today. If you are new to the Love Hour, I feel like I haven't given this intro in a long time. If you're new to the Love Hour, thank you so much for joining us. The Love Hour is a podcast where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of happiness, and chow all the things in between here lately. Um, and today we have a very special guest. You guys know I started my uh, Money Matters series last week. Actually, by the time this drops, it'll be two weeks ago. Uh, we had his or her money. And today we are joined by my fab finance on Instagram, Miss Tanya. Is it Rapley? Yes. Yeah, yes. I said it you got right. it right. First time. Yes. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank y'all for having me. I'm thank super, you. super excited to continue the conversation. It was distracting yeah, me. I was watching. I was just watching was Blippi. Watching. Uh, I was like, the tracker. Yeah, yeah I, kept, I just kept like, I like tractor. Blippi. I like Blippi. It's kind of not in my peripheral yeah, because I'm yeah, looking this look way. That's why I'm like, oh, it's no problem. <laughs> mm -hmm, That's yeah. hilarious. Um, so I'm super excited to have you because we did the um, episode with His or Her Money and it has been so well received. Um, uh, Talit. Yeah, Talit and Ty drop major, major gems, and I'm excited to continue the conversation with yeah, you. Yeah, and that's amazing because they're family. Oh, so, yeah. they don't feel like you have to do better than them. I you mean, just be in your you own know, skin. I, I, I got to show up. You yeah. got to do what you got to do. I got to follow them up. Get well. 20 and 10. You ain't got to <laughs> just, keep, just, just keep your game. Keep it to your game. <laughs> no, but they're, they're family. They're um, the personal finance community, especially among us brown people, is really mm. small. And they actually, when me and my husband were about to get married, they sent us a book, Aww. one of their book on um, family and like family finances, marital finances, Aww, and just, like getting sweet. started. So that is super sweet. Yeah, they're awesome. I love them. So <laughs> I, I absolutely one of my favorite things with doing the podcast uh, recently is recognizing all the connections that I'm making and how many like this whole community existed that I've just kind of like inserted myself in. And the fact that we've been so like warmly embraced by like sexologists and LMFTs and now in finance. I'm just like, thank you. Guys. And they all click up like that. Like, yeah. Are you the finance team, the coochies, people who know about those? I had some kind of <laughs> Psychologist on. That's Coochie what he's team. referring to. They, they be knowing. <laughs> like, like, you talk about it too? Yeah, Volvo? Yeah. That's I, what you call I, it. I didn't know, but now I know. They are, they've been. Volvo is half the battle. It is. Half. That's so true. <laughs> they were on um, Total Sidebar, but they were all on TI here recently. And they was like, how are you going to take advice from somebody who don't know the difference between vagina and vulva? Shout out to the Love Hour podcast. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> it gets real. I it mean, it does get real. It, 
you know, it's a personal matter. It's it is a know. personal matter. And <laughs> oh, I'm just yeah. so excited, like I said, to just be embraced by the community at large. And thank you for joining us. Yeah. I'm so, so excited because you're in L.A. I know. I'm based there. I was like, it ain't nothing but a thing. Like, Listen. Nah, yeah. People don't be based here. Don't nobody no. be in people L.A. People not be based why, here. Why, why, would, it's why, would, why would you? you Unless you are in the film industry, I can't think of Or if you're born boring. here. Yeah, if you have family here. Family or, or in your film industry, I can't think of a reason it's, to live there's here. There's no reason. Don't move, don't move here. It's not a good financial decision. It is not. You know, I get like mentally, I'd be like, Tanya, this is not financially sound. Like, but in the same sense, my husband's career has really taken off since we've you know moved here, and that's part of marriage. You know, listen, there's been days like, you know what? I'm just moving back east, and you can stay here with your career, but I can't do that. You know, so it, it yeah, I'm right here in LA. Been here for about three years, and. It's working out. God is taking care of us. Yes. Like He's great that way. Yeah. yeah. He you, is. You, you know, you do right by him. You do right by you. Hey. So. Okay, so what we want to do, normally at the top of the show, we do a this or that segment, that or this with Kevin Liss. And um, it's basically a would you rather style question. Uh -huh. I love so, that Okay. So the question is, would you rather move 50 miles away, moving everything yourself in 70 degree weather, and it'll take you 18 hours, or would you rather move one mile away? Family helps, but it's a hundred degree weather and it takes you five hours. Hundred degree weather. Hundred degree. Family helps though, but it's five hours. How hot was it with eighteen? Seventy, but, but it's by you yourself. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm going for the the hundred degree. In five hours? Um, yeah, in five hours, you know, because time time is money. Time is money. And there's things you can do to cool down. Mm -hmm. So I'm going with 100. Yeah. I'm going to the 100 degree. My family, we just, y'all, look, we'll have a little cookout afterwards. <laughs> I'll make it worth your while. You get good Christmas gifts. Like, yeah, that's. 100 degree, five hours, in and out. In and out, five hours. Let me do something else with that other 13 hours. I like your answer. Man, moving sucks. Moving does suck. The thought of moving things in a hundred degree weather sucks worse. It's bad. Oh my gosh! But moving stuff by myself, I almost broke my toe the last time we moved. Yeah. This armoire I was carrying, I was much stronger in in theory than actuality, <laughs> and this thing doom, 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 and almost landed on my toe. I'm just about to have flashbacks. <laughs> I know. Then you have. I'd rather do an. I'd rather do five hours. Five Moving hours. Because then so, you'd be in the hospital for. You know. Yeah. Down. hundred degrees is really yeah, hot. It, it is. But really at the hot. end of the day, five hours, I could be like, man, okay. But Eighteen hours of moving. That's no. a long. Oh. Need some AC. Because 18 hours moving by yourself, it's gonna feel like a hundred yeah. degrees oh, by the time God. you get like, into true. hour three. I was hoping you say, can you, you want to pay somebody? That's what, I, whatever it is. I was hoping that was going to take like, bad finance. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm never moving by myself that's again. That's what financial security family. is. Yeah, right. Like, I can pay someone to do this, but yeah. I don't want to do it. So. Yes. Facts. It is. That was a good definition, too. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. I think do, I'm though? going with the um, five hours as well. I think what you have to do is solicit all of your family and just do a rotating like you do 30 minutes an hour so then you could just be off and then i'm gonna come in and we gonna do an hour and just knock it out that they way they sell five hour energy mm -hmm. they don't sell 18 hour energy. you gotta have a plan so that way people don't feel like they're out there the whole time doing, you know yeah just hating life and everything like, else never again yeah Ugh. 
I hate that question. That just made me hot. It <laughs> like, just, just literally was like <laughs> infuriating the thought of moving by myself for 18 hours. Like, just poke my eyes out with a hot iron. Yes. I'd rather do that than move. moving. I've seen sucks. enough. Uh, but <laughs> that's how we're kicking this off. Yeah, that is how we're kicking it off. But one thing that moving is is a great all over body workout. It allows you to move, you work your arms, work your thighs, work your legs, work out work your everything. Work your nerves. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> work your nerves because with family and moving, child, you're going to have a headache. But one thing you do not have to have is that headache, but still get the all over body workout experience when you sign up for Noom. Noom. Because listen, moving will have you want to curse somebody out. So you may need to, to work out in order to woosah yourself back down. So Noom is amazing because it's the ease and convenience of working out, but all in an app. Another reason I love Noom is that it encourages you. It doesn't shame you. It knows that you're human and shame does not work as a form of motivation. If you want to motivate or if you want to lose weight, don't negative thought yourself into it you have to actually it's better to work so, towards something positive than it is to run away from from something I actually just read that in a book I don't remember what book it was but I did just read that um Noom is habit Noom is a habit changing solution that helps users learn to develop a new relationship with food through personalized courses one of the things that we talked about with um his or her money was the fact that money is a mindset and what you realize in life is that most things our mindset if you can change your mind you can change your life if you can change your mind you can change your actions and with every action you end up changing your life it's not a diet it is a healthy easy to stick to way of life we are we're all strapped for time we're all busy people and you need something that's quick easy but you can still get a good workout in and noom allows you to do that with a 10 minute commitment that's it do it for yourself there's no food that's good bad or off limits noom teaches moderation and you can use it in conjunction with any other pre-existing popular diet if you want you don't have to change it all in one day small steps make big progress sign up for your trial today at noom.com slash love hour again that's noom n-o-o-m.com slash love hour one more time that's noom n-o-o-m.com slash love hour love all right tanya before we kind of dive into the kind of the topic and what we're going to talk about do you mind sharing with us your story how you became a financial guru all that yeah um I I didn't choose this life this life chose me (laughs) um I really did not think I was going to do finance as an adult people always ask me you know what you want to be when you grow up Mm -hmm. and when I went when I was a kid my parents were in the military so for me, I was like, I just don't want to be like, I don't want to be told where I have to live mm-hmm. like that. I wanted freedom and flexibility. Um, and then I started working and so forth. And I was like, you know, what? I'm going to get myself a good government job because that's where security is. And so sounds familiar. Yeah, that's <laughs> literally my, how you know, we it to literally is, is indoctrinated in you. My parents are like, get yourself a good government job. <laughs> and so GS9, um, you can be all right. Yeah. My sister is a GS12 now. And she, <laughs> you know, she's decent, but you know, she's ready to go. But, um, and so I ended up getting, um, my degrees are social service degrees. I have a bachelor's in public administration and a master's in urban policy and affairs. My goal was to work in communities and I was working in communities. I was doing, um, foreclosure prevention and education in New York city and as well as creating programming for low income women throughout New York city. And I brought a financial education workshop to the place where I was working and I was sitting in the back, like, 
Tanya, you got good. Like your finances, yes, you went to college. Yes, you came from a decent family and everything, but you out here struggling too. Mm -hmm. And if you don't get it together, you're going to be just like these women in your 60s trying to figure it out and it might be a little too late. So that's when I went and went to this seminar and I was sitting in the seminar and everything sounds amazing and then they dropped the price. And I was like, wait a minute. Right. How much was it? It was it wasn't extravagant, but I couldn't do it. Extravagant like, to you? Yeah, it was seventeen dollars. I was like, who y'all think y'all is? I was like, I ain't got it. Right. I ain't got it. Yeah. At that point in my life, I was like, so I'm gonna go to the library and I'm gonna check a bunch of books out and we're just gonna figure out how to do this myself. But I think it was maybe like ninety nine dollars or something mm -hmm. like that. So I started checking all these books out and I started telling people about my financial journey. And they were like, you should check out Susie Orman mm -hmm. and so and so and so. So I started looking at all these financial experts and I was like. Don't none of them look, like, look me. like me. Like, they don't know. No, none of them. They don't <laughs> live in New York City. They don't have student loans. Like, no, they. I just can't identify with them. So I was like, except for this one woman, um, Glenda Bridgeforth. I read her book, Girl, Get Your Money Straight. I love that and, title. Yeah, and ironically, full circle moment. Now she's one of my mentors. Wow. Um, what? Look yeah. at God. And I tell, I was like, Glenda, I checked your book out from the library. I was so broke. <laughs> and so um, I started reading that book, and I was like, oh, okay, this is this is all right. Um, you know what? I'm gonna start a blog. I'm gonna start a blog about my journey, and maybe I'll get free clothes out of it. Maybe I'll get <laughs> you know a few things, and maybe Macy's will sponsor me. <laughs> so I started this blog in January 2013. My goal was to have a 750 credit score by the time I turned 30 years old. At that time, I was 28. And so I started my journey. And I just started sharing stuff. I started sharing what I was learning. I was actually in grad school at this time, too. And um, people were re really receptive to it. My cousins were sharing it. People in my Facebook community were sharing it. And that's what I was like, hmm. And so I ended up going on vacation. I'm still working at this nonprofit. I ended up asking for vacation time. And it was like pulling teeth. I was going on vacation with my mom and my sister. And my boss was like, well, you should be thankful that I gave you five days because Ooh. most people don't even do this. And so I got over to Europe, and I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't. I'll quit this job. I was. I was like, people get paid to travel. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to figure out how to do this thing full time. And I want to create change. Like, I don't want to just be the person who's blogging about my fabulous life. I want to create change because that's what my mission has always been, is to be a change agent. So I was like, I'm going to do this finance blog thing. Went to a financial bloggers conference a few months later. A woman sitting on the panel, and she they asked her how much she had made. And she was like, uh, I made about $28,000 this month. And I was like, at that time, that was my salary. That was my salary, $28,000 a year. In New York City? Nonprofit. You're alive right now? I, I don't, I could never do it again. Oh, my God. I, I have no, and I, me and my husband, we look at our bills and we're like, how do we do that? Like, how? When you're broke, God's you grace. just figure it out. Because when we were in LA, we first moved in, we were like, there's no way. Necessity, you figure it out. You figure yeah. it out. And like I, if I had to do it again, I figure it out. Like right. life would change dramatically. Right. We figure it out. And so um, that's why I was like, okay, we're gonna do this thing full time. I went and got my certification as a certified financial educator, and just started learning everything I could. Um, and, and I was my own student. I was changing my own financial life and everything. And things were going amazing. In the following year, I landed the cover of Black Enterprise magazine. Wow. You was on the cover of Black Enterprise. Listen. Yes, first year. Yeah. Tanya. Uh, it was, wow. You was posing? It was on my rooftop in Brooklyn. My husband took the photo. It was wow. so, I didn't even know it was going to be the cover story. I didn't even know. And they were just like, we want to interview you. And then they sent me a message. We're going to feature you prominently. I was like, okay, cool. I'll probably be on the table of contents or something. And my friend texted me. She was like, girl. <laughs> You on the cover? You on the cover? I'm like, who? Me? 
And, um, you know, that was a, a, that was a big responsibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt like that was like, well, you got to do this now. Like 10 toes down. You got down. it, girl. You, you got, got it. got to. And um, then that's when I was like, okay, we're going to do this full time. And so, yeah, that's look when at you pulled it up. I had to see you, girl. Look at your Tanya was up on there. That's her. Look at me. I'll be being yeah. in New York. How to manage money at every way. Mm-hmm. Create a plan to retire rich. Use life insurance to protect your family. Build a winning portfolio. We'll invest in that with Tanya Rapley on Black Enterprise. <laughs> That's you had awesome. your fro out. I had you it better out. let it breathe. You know, let it go. So, <laughs> uh, and you know, I, I've always thought, I'm like, am I going to cut my fro off? I was like, no. No. Like, you got to. Mm-hmm. You just got to let it rock. But, um, yeah, so as as that time went by, you know, I started coaching individuals. I started working with people on their finances and so forth because I had really – I got become an expert of living at $28,000 in New York, and I had increased <laughs> my um, my salary. So I started negotiating a higher salary for mm-hmm. myself. Negotiate. I got ended up making it at 45000 which I was, like, balling, yeah. 45000 in New York, which is still – Don't at me, boy. Still. But you couldn't tell me nothing. I was like, we doing good. <laughs> um, and I just – I was able to improve my finances significantly the people around me the clients that I was working with and um, by 2015 I was doing my fat finance full-time that's the story yeah and now we have a membership club and what's the membership club about blue ribbon club how y'all do that so it's focused on helping people break the cycle of living paycheck to paycheck Mm -hmm. that's our mission at my fat finance and it's so you can do more of what you love because I don't do deprivation as a financial freedom strategy. What's that? It means deprive that you ju- stuff? yeah, you're just going to deprive yourself and just not spend any money on anything you want to do, and you're just not going to have any fun. With That's just life. not practical. It's not. Mm. And you just before you know it, you're going to act out. Yep, you're going to be all the way off. And I got these Gucci Jordans. <laughs> Everything. What? That ain't you know, even a thing. You're going to be ashamed in the bathroom yeah. crying because you just <laughs> revolted against yourself. So I don't do that. Um, but I also want to just help people break the cycle of living paycheck to paycheck so they can do more of what they love. So whether that's starting a business, whether that is traveling the world, whether that is growing your family, whatever it looks like, helping you become financially secure so you can do that. So with the Blue Ribbon Club, we show people how to do that. And, and people pay monthly? Yes. How do y'all deliver the content? We are we drip it. So we have a structure of this is what you should be focusing on now. This is what you should be focusing on next so you can build towards your progress. And once you finish one class, you take the next class. You can access another. So people start at any time, and you have content for them. Yeah. So if somebody starts right now, they start at the very beginning. Yep. They start with the mindset course. Oh, cool. So y'all are not. Are y'all always creating these courses? The courses we had about 13, 14 courses in our pipeline, like mm-hmm. in our library already. So we uploaded those. But I'm actually working on creating new content just based on what fe- the feedback we've gotten. So how long will it take someone to go through everything you have currently? It depends on the person, you know, oh, yeah. if, if you're the type of person that's going to hold up all weekend, then, mm-hmm. you know, you can finish the courses within a weekend. But I don't recommend that. Because My gotta goal is for it. people to take a year to really go through and implement and really learn what you're implementing. Got it. So, OK, we're focusing on savings this month. We're focusing on debt elimination next month. We're focusing on and at the end of it, we focus on um, estate planning and your legacy and your will and so wow. forth. Oh, forget it's kids. no point of. <laughs> <laughs> But it's no point of focusing on like your estate plan and For your real. will. If you ain't got nothing to If you got a negative state. net worth, right? right? You know, if you don't have any Let me leave these savings. bills to you. That's yeah. what I'm going to do. <laughs> Student loans with my great grandson, yeah, Charlie with Jr. Nothing. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's we're it's new and I'm kind of obsessive about how I serve my community. I think that might be one of my biggest handicaps. Like literally on the car ride over here, I was like, so what can we do to add more value to the Blue Ribbon Club? Like what can we do? I'm always thinking cuz I know what it was like to work hard for my money mm-hmm. and to be making twenty eight thousand dollars and have New York City rent, 
So I just want to make sure I'm doing right by people, making sure that they're getting everything out of their twenty-seven dollars to the point where my team be like twenty-seven dollars a month. Mm-hmm. People my team be, be like tiny. Yeah, they do. They do. I'm asking these questions because I'm thinking of doing something similar. I mean, we can talk offline. Oh, we'll talk offline. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to get to twenty-seven. <laughs> um, you probably could charge more. I my team is always just like, why are you charging so little money? Like they're always on me and they're, they. And it's important for them to push back mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to make sure that we're giving value and I'm not just giving away the farm. Right. But in the same sense, it's important for me to remain um, true. To, true to my core values and the reason why I created my Fab Finance, and that's to make financial education accessible and understandable to people of, like millennials and people right. of color. So I'm just like, well, that's what it is, and we're going to give them what we can and what makes sense because I look at it as like, God has blessed me with so many other opportunities. And like, my business model works is – I tax the brands that I work with right. so I can get a you know, six, five-figure brand deal. That pays my bills. So mm-hmm. this is really just holding you accountable. You don't want right? to hit the people over the head with, no, for the money. Yeah. It's no, it's, I get that, it's too. No That's how I always feel. People are always like, you could, you could sell this for what I'm thinking about selling mine for. They're like, you could, start, you could charge so much more. But for yeah. me, it's not. Obviously, I think like my time is valuable. But it's, it, I don't want to get rich off the people. Right. You know what I mean? It's just like I want the information to be accessible for them you know what yeah. i'm saying so but there are overhead costs right but there's there some are costs to do and this. you also took some time to gather this information yeah so you can't give it away you'd be back broke living in brooklyn i'm not going back to brooklyn <laughs> <laughs> brooklyn not gentrified this, it's not be after this son yeah. no like you could be broke it. in brooklyn you could be broke in la i'd rather be like listen i'd rather, rather be financially stressed in the sun Right. At least it's 75 <laughs> degrees outside. At least. The least I can have is climate change. At least. Change. My husband is in Indiana right now. Well, he's coming back. He's on his way back home. And he sent me a video this morning. There's snow on the ground. I was like, ugh. No, thank you. I don't. I, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I literally was like, ugh, turn the camera. <laughs> so I want to go back really quickly. I love your mission of, I actually wrote it down, but you did just say it. Your mission is helping millennials break the cycle of living paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. And I heard you say that one of your first modules is mindset. Yeah. Um, and that was one of the things that his and her money talked about. So I understand like how important that, that idea is. And one thing that you and I talked about um, leading up to this conversation is understanding your money story mm-hmm. and how that's going to then um, affect your money your I mean your your mindset not your money mindset but your mindset so can you explain to us what a money story is like how does that come to be what is it yeah I mean I I don't think enough people understand where their relationship with money starts Mm -hmm. and so your money story is essentially this the narrative that you've adopted about money throughout your life so it could be something that happened when you were four or five years old where you were in the grocery store and your parent or your whoever your caregiver was told you no we can't afford this and if we buy it we're going to be homeless so your mind is like i can't get things that i want because i'm going to be homeless or you know my life is just going i'm going to be stressed out right if i do things that i want with money it could be something that small that people don't realize that kids begin to internalize and then if they continue to see it it reinforces this money story if their parents are always stressed or people around them are always talking negatively about money it reinforces that money is negative um if you do certain things that you enjoy you're going to have a negative experience with money and it manifests differently but then it just continues to grow i want to pause you because that's so important the two things in my life that i feel like shaped that mm-hmm. one we were poor as well i don't know if you grew up poor but i just assumed because of the brooklyn story oh um, She grew up military. Oh, okay. We grew up before before the military. So when my dad was going to buy us a Sega, um, 
he we were driving to the PX to buy one. So there's no tax. Yeah. And my dad was like, we're out the game, Sheila. That's it. If we buy them this, we are done. You hear me? That's Dead. Heavy. I was like, dude, this thing must be. And me and my brother were just like, well, we're going to be out the game, but we're going to have this. <laughs> we're going to have a Sega. Right? So I was like, I just couldn't. Like, it just felt so, like, humongous. Yeah. You know, like, if one purchase, a video game, I looked it up. It was like $200 in the early 90s, which is a lot of money. It was a lot of money to our family. And then another thing, and this is more interesting, we were supremely poor, but somehow my grandma always found ways for us to take vacation. And we went on cruise. Well, they went on cruises. I was mama's boy, too scared. We went to Vegas all the time. We like literally got to travel all the time. And when we were poor, it never seemed like we went without. Yeah. We had clothes. We had food. We had love. So I, I grew up poor, but never like, like, oh, woe is me. You know, you it's had, just like yeah. you had love and we had vacation. So now in my life, my kids just have an extension of that. When we moved, when the military would, you know, uh, give my dad new orders, instead of just driving straight to the place, we would take like, 12 day road trips we take our time stop visit the city so like we've ad i've adopted that to my life melissa grew up military totally different experience mm -hmm. her parents was like no vacation i don't know how y'all felt about money but no, no 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 it wasn't that it was no vacation we could not afford vacation and so we didn't go and so in my family my dad was more of the financial planner so to speak the more responsible one uh with money my mom is definitely a spender even today, she's very much a spender. And so the images that I remember that I hold on to is my dad literally sitting at our kitchen table, um, having the bills on the on the tabletop, his literal checkbook, which aren't even a thing anymore, mm -hmm. and writing out bills and balancing his checkbook. That's I literally see that image in my head every day. And the stability that the military brought just ingrained in me stability. Yeah. And the so the of importance it. of having like we didn't um my dad was always I hope my mom don't listen to this. My mom was all I mean, my dad was always digging us out of the hole my mom got us in. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we didn't take vacations. My dad, even today, he refused. You ask my dad right now, daddy, example, uh, can you come to Chicago with us for Thanksgiving? And he'd be like, girl, I ain't got no money. You a lie. Literally. No. <laughs> you a lie. I literally don't have one dollar available. You a lie. You a whole entire like you don't have no you dollars. ain't got no dollars you, know you have no dollars but what i'm saying is that that's that's embedded in my money story it's implanted in my mind and so that's it's affected me in ways i didn't even really realize until much later yeah exactly and so you know there and that's the importance of understanding your money story um because me and my husband we had to work through our money story mm -hmm. and that was recently even me being a financial educator um i had I worked through my money story, but I had never worked through my husband's money right. story. Mm. And so we were having these issues regarding money and he was feeling a way about me choosing to spend money in a certain way. In my head, I'm like, we good. Like, mm -hmm. first of all, don't yeah. come for me. I do finance. <laughs> right. um, but then when I sat down and did his money story, I understood where that fear came from and that anxiety came from. And some people are dealing with anxiety when it comes to their money story and it manifests differently. It manifests as anger. It manifests as, you know, um, deciding, you know, to withhold certain experiences or just afraid, being afraid and fear. It might manifest in, a, in fear for them. And so it's just important to kind of navigate and ask yourself, what are my first experiences with money? Not when you first got, you know, your first job or whatever, because your experiences with money happened way before then. For you, it was your mm -hmm. savings. And thinking like, oh my God, this, 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 what kind of, 
how does that feel? You playing your Sega and be like, dang, this almost broke mom this and dad. This costs our family everything. Like, you then something could happen. You'd be like, yeah. that's Sega. That's <laughs> where we it all was lost. The Sega. You know, now what we're I living mean? under but a bridge. But it wasn't the Sega. Right. You know, it was your parents' decisions when it came to money and not yeah. having access Y'all to that fault. information right. and so forth. And where did they get that from? Mm-hmm. And so the money story is really understanding and understanding the um, generational money stories that are being Ooh. told because your parents have their own money story that came from their parents and their experience and mm-hmm. so forth. And a lot of times that's why people, even though you might have made it or you might have been become the most successful person in your family, you're still moving with that money story from your great grandma who, you know, had to work in a factory all day. And you might be an entrepreneur who your money comes to you easily, but you still have that fear of that factory worker because it's a genetic, it's kind of in your DNA with the money story that your grandparents had. And so um, I just advise everybody to think about what was my experience with money growing up? What, 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 how did I view, even if your parents didn't talk to you about money, they were talking to you about money. They were showing you about money. So Mm -hmm. what did they show me? What did I experience? If they didn't talk to you about money, that's a whole other thing Mm -hmm. because are we avoiding now? Like, because money, kids are expensive, right? We got to pay for these classes. We got to pay for your little basketball Mm -hmm. camp and everything else. All the things, the vacations, Disney. When I'm, but I looked at how expensive it was to go to Disney World. I said I called my mom and dad. I said I just want to thank you <laughs> because I had no idea how expensive Disney World was, Man. and y'all so did it. Y'all took us, and so you know it's just really important to talk to kids about money. You're not protecting them, um, and the, I think the earlier you have a relationship with money, and the earlier your parents are intentional about okay. This is what we're deciding to do. This is, you know, so we can do this. We're deciding to to do that. I think that you help shape a better money story for your child. But, yeah, if you have a negative money story, we can get into that, too. Some certain things you can do. Yeah, I we, think we, I would like to. Sorry, Kev. Right. I, um, I would like to. I'm going to let Kevin finish. But would like for you to kind of go through. I can imagine people coming from different money stories, not even really realizing, saying I do or getting into a relationship and now you're at odds with one another and the assumption of thinking you think of money the way that I do, I think of money the way you do, and then it comes to making these decisions and you realize we are on opposite ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And that can come to uh, come to terms or come to light when you're struggling or if you're successful. Yeah, or if you're flourishing, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, well, I would say first thing when you're talking about money with your spouse, and I'm not a couples therapist or anything like that. We just, me and my husband, we've been working through, through some <laughs> things. Uh, <laughs> but um, one of the things it is important to, think, to know is that neither one of you are right or wrong. Like your money story I'm is your right. your money story. Nope, your money story. <laughs> you're right based on your experience, mm. but you're not right based on her experience. Like I am. You both. <laughs> <laughs> You both have different experiences, and by telling someone that their money story is wrong, you're saying that my story is more valuable than yours. Oh, that's really good. It's important to just kind of understand this is my experience, this is your experience, but we are co-creating a different experience for our family. Mm -hmm. So what does that look like? And what is, like, we, understanding you have this baggage, I have this baggage, what do we want for our family, and how are we going to get there? Because that allows you to create your own dynamic instead of reliving your parents' dynamic and fighting against their parents' dynamic. Right. And so just asking, I think, you know, me and my, we had a date night where we just sat and I was like, what's your money story? And as a woman, I can't speak for all women, but as myself, 
I, I'm going into it. I'm like, you know, I remember when my mom did this and so and so and so. My husband's like, I don't really have a money story. I was like, you, you have a money story, you know? <laughs> and so thinking about how do I bring this out, you know, thinking about some questions that I could ask. So actually, um, me and my team, we created these questions that um, actually we shared with the Black Love audience last year about just different things you can ask to kind of get that conversation started. And I'll provide it to you guys so okay. you can share it with others who might be having a hard time thinking about, well, what are the right questions to ask for me to like really drill down into this? Because mm -hmm. sometimes you just need to start asking questions and then it gets the juices flowing. We're like, wow, I never thought about that. Because of my husband, he grew up in a single parent household. And so I was thinking, and I remember one time he told me that he wanted our son to, you know, be able to take drumming lessons because he never got to take drumming lessons because his mom couldn't afford them. Mm -hmm. So when he tells me he doesn't have a money story, I'm like, actually, pull out the oh, file. Receipts, Remember please. when you told me? <laughs> and then that's when he's like, oh, yeah, I guess money was tight. I guess I didn't get to do things that I wanted to do because my mom didn't necessarily have the resources. And then we started talking. He's like, oh, wow, maybe I don't do things. Maybe I'm afraid for us to do things because I'm afraid we won't have the resources down the line. And then for me, that that's her money <laughs> And then for me, I'm like, wow, now I understand it from a different perspective. You're not just trying to prevent me from doing things that I want to do. And you're not trying to exercise control. There's a genuine fear of not having enough there. And what can we do to make sure that you feel comfortable so that you know we're okay, even if we do spend our money in this manner? Oh, my gosh. I love this. I think it's so good. And Kevin is right. I recently realized um, that I am your husband today. Right now, I realize that. Um, <laughs> I have a scarcity mindset with oh money. And, and it's I, hard to ball out when you're married to somebody with a scarcity it, mindset. But they check you. There's yes. checks and balances. Yes, does checks check and balance. my ball out. So <laughs> just as an example, like probably two years ago, and I mean this with no exaggeration, Kevin bought me um, a gift card to Sephora. It was like a $150 gift card. $250. He's like, actually. I did. It? it was 250 because I, I know makeup be crazy. And I was like, you buy three things, it's 150 Listen, that's bucks. some brushes, a foundation. I bought and that's it. <laughs> I was like, maybe she could get two maybe, lipsticks with 250 bucks. Maybe a travel roll-on, a fragrance. Yeah. Like, I know one thing. That's checking out like, from the travel section. That's that's a billion, it. It's a billion-dollar industry. It is. It's yeah, a, it's, and that's the reason. Yeah. Lipstick. Yes. <laughs> so he buys me this um, or gets me this gift card to Sephora, $250. When I tell you I didn't spend that for a good year and a half, mind you, the money's already spent, y'all. Yeah. Like, it's already out of my account. I, let me, first of, I got to just tell her this. This is ridiculous. <laughs> she was like, I just didn't know something was going wrong. I was like, what was you going to do you that went wrong? Card? Go to Sephora, <laughs> buy three lipsticks and flip them on the street? For, for what, what what was you gonna she do was gonna wait with for that Fenty drop, card? That Fenty drop and <laughs> sell it on eBay. Go sell it we don't on have eBay. no money for rent. Ah, ah, ah. This gift card two hundred fifty. We could eat this makeup and live to see another day. What was you gonna do? I, but literally, I had and at the moment I didn't think of it in terms of my money story. But when I finally decided to spend it, it was more about Melissa. You have a scarcity mindset. I remember as a teenager getting a bottle of expense. Well, it's expensive to me. Uh, like fragrant uh, lotion. It was like Alabaster this peach uh, fragrant lotion that I got from a gift exchange at church, and it was really expensive. And I was like so excited. It's smelled so good you know I probably use a quarter of it because I was like if I use it all then I won't have it wow and, and so I and yeah. literally just never used it to the point where it was like well now I have to get rid of it because it's probably bad and expired and gross and I've wow. used this much of it and I know I have carried that 
forward to my life today with money in most decisions where I have clothes. I'm like, I can't wear that. It's too nice. I should just leave it here. And so the idea of having this um, this mindset and how it then colors every interaction is so true. And it's something that you don't realize if my money story is scarcity, my husband's money story might be ball out. I ain't gonna have it for long. My mama taught me to mm-hmm. get the money, spend it and be struggling for, you know, you get paid on the but first. And, right, but by day five, well, we all the monies Vegas, are though. gone. We, right. we had that experience. We yes. don't have food today, but remember last week when we <laughs> was in Vegas, we so, had food then. So I just wonder <laughs> how do people um, like reconcile, and I love that you have, and I guess these are the tools they can use to reconcile reconcile those stories in your relationship to create a new story that you want to pass down to to your kids or whatever absolutely absolutely and it's i'm happy that you shared that because it also shows that from if like your upbringing and your background people can make assumptions oh she had a stable upbringing you had a stable upbringing you're secure when it comes to money you don't have any worries your family didn't have to worry about money like you know like that military families do have a certain level of security mm-hmm. because at least you know you're getting paid. Right. With mm-hmm. a military family, it's not like someone who works at, you know, a job where they could go into work on Friday and they lose their job. Right. Mil- you get paid plus house. House. Plus they, benefits. Plus you have health care. Like, you know, and you get access to the PS. And, and you know what's funny about Melissa? She had, so she kind of internalized not only that, but like this is how we should live our life with our jobs. Because mm-hmm. the military is so stable, First and the fifteenth, come hell or high water, we're gonna get paid. And then, yeah. yeah, So when we want to go into entrepreneurship, it's like, well, first and fifteenth don't mean nothing. Nope. Like when we first moved to LA, we didn't have regular jobs. That first time that no direct deposit hit for the first time in years, she was like, "What? What have we done?" (laughs) Because that it was gone. You know what I mean? Like, and growing up, that that part I can attest to. Because when you grow up military, like I felt like, what else? What do people work if not? For like, where do people work with certainty? Yeah. If not for the military, you know what I mean. Like, we got a house. It might not be a best house, but I mean, my house in El Paso was like literally cinder blocks for walls. But we got it. You know yeah. what I mean. So you internalize a lot of that, and you know, I just realized we're creating a totally different story for our kids. Totally different. And even as you ascend in level of financial security and options and and everything, you also got to think about what money story you're passing on to your kids. You I want to tell a quick story before Melissa does the next thing. My son, a couple years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, he was like, man, we are rich. I was like, what What gives you that idea? He's like, man, just trust me. I know. I was like, just how do you know? Me. He said, okay, you want to know how I know? You told me to go get your wallet one day. I saw a stack of checks that was in there. <laughs> they had a lot of zeros. <laughs> We're doing all right. Because, you know, you take the picture and you leave it for yeah. a couple of days. And I just be having checks in there. He don't know what that was for. He's like, I saw three or four. Like, yeah. You can get me the rest of the I day. I added it up. Right. <laughs> we good. <laughs> <laughs> and that's his, that image is going to be in his mind. He don't know what bills are associated with that. No. But he was like, I saw five checks. What overhead? Them, like, who has to get matter. paid with that? And I think that's why it's important to invite children into the bill payment process. Because, yes, you saw them checks. Like, there'll be times my mom's like, get my wallet. And I see, this is when, you know, you had used cash more frequently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, look, I went in dad's drawer and he had like $600. Right. We are good, you know? But it's like, because what you can buy at $600 is the world. Right. When you're a kid, I can literally buy any. I could buy right. that country. Exactly. Ecuador. Buy, and that, that age, I was like, I can buy a starter jacket. Right. I could buy, like, all, like I, that's my lunch for the next three months, you know? But if you. I love like, it. You got really, a starter jacket. <laughs> lunch and you're like i'm good i don't need socks i I need nothing that's your starter jacket and lunch but (laughs) when you think about like inviting 
children into that process, it lets them know, no, we bring in money. We have financial responsibilities. This is how we do this and so forth. Um, and one of my friends who's a financial educator as well, Ashley Fox, one of the things that she taught me about communicating with children about money is that instead of allowance, paying them to create solutions or ideas. Mm. Because as a parent, and this is another money mindset like that I deal with my husband. My husband is in the frame of exchanging time for money instead of exchanging knowledge for money. And when, as a financial educator, when I started my career and I was doing one-on-one coaching, it was killing me. Mm-hmm. I was, cause I can't over, I couldn't overcharge people. So I'm over here charging like $75, $50 for a session. I give them two hours, I get off, I'm exhausted. Right. And then I learned how to exchange knowledge for money, which is when I work with brands. And so not telling too much of my business, but I might do, I did a project where I literally worked with the brand and it was about a day's worth of work and it was $20,000. Now we're talking. And I was just like, here I was, you know, exchanging $75, $50 an hour. And so that goes into understanding how to teach children how to create solutions and become more creative in how they're earning their allowance instead of you did this chore, you get this. Now, I think they should still do chores. Sure. It's like, how can we help? How can I want you to think about this solution. I want you to think about how you would solve this problem and I'll pay you to solve a problem instead of doing that a task. That is great. I think that is great and it's teaching that embedded in that is entrepreneurship. Exactly. And instead of clocking in the other way when you're doing chores it's tasks for money. Yes. And that and is that a is job. Brokeable. That's clocking That's broke, in. That will keep you mindset. broke. Yeah, yeah I love that. Keep you broke. I love that. I yeah. absolutely love that. Another thing that's a really great solution for you uh, people out there that are in your uh, baby making phase of life and maybe you do not want a child in this phase of your life is simple health simple health is fantastic because it is a program that is designed by doctors and every patient is carefully reviewed by a doctor so they're bringing the doctor's office basically to you you can skip hassles appointments pharmacy lines but still get quality care Um, and what they offer basically is it's a total game changer for women and women's health If you're on birth control, looking to get back on it or want to try it for the first time, then you know how difficult, annoying, and honestly confusing that process can be. From figuring out which method you want to dealing with refills at the pharmacy or remembering to renew your prescription, it's anything but simple. Um, But what I love about Simple Health is that, number one, it makes it convenient and easy for you. You know, we just did our For Women Only series, and we talked about the reproductive health and reproductive organs, and it's important for you to take control over your body and decide if and when you want to have kids so that way you can plan accordingly because kids are expensive and unexpected unexpected kids are even more expensive (laughs) the best part about simple health is that they are free with most insurance plans you can pay absolutely nothing to use the service every single month for those without insurance it is super affordable pills start at just $15 a month and monthly shipping is free for everyone that's good stuff that's really good stuff. The annual prescription is usually $20, but my listeners can try Simple Health for free. Just go to simplehealth.com slash love hour or enter love hour at checkout. I want to mention that this isn't a replacement for routine checkup checkups with your doctor. Go to the doctor, women. You need to go to the doctor. This is not a replacement 
please find a great gynecologist go to her get your exams but you can also use um, simple health to help you control when and if you want to have children you still need those for your overall health your overall health but it is the most convenient and comfortable way to get your birth control try a better way to get birth control with simple health by going to simplehealth.com slash love hour or just enter love hour at checkout give it a try and thank me later i also want to tell you about third love listen listen folks y'all know how i feel about i have a third love bra on right now you guys know how i feel about third love i just did a giveaway in my book club and the winner received a third love bra one thing i haven't mentioned ever um during my time of speaking about third love which i just thought about they have such a great range of nude bras that if you are highly melanated like myself like like uh, like us sometimes our nude isn't the standard nude and so you have on a white shirt thinking you have on a nude bra and the contrast in your skin and the bra makes the bra show that's that's no good that's not what we want to do what i love about third love beyond the fact that they're comfortable beyond the fact that they have half size uh cups besides the fact that they have over 80 different sizes is that they have a wide variety of nude and so they have a color that is a true nude for my highly melanated sisters yes i'm talking to you i think it is fantastic the um winner of my um book club i got her her first nude bra and the first thing she said when she opened it was oh my gosh i've never had a nude bra and i was like smiling from ear to ear because i bought that bra on purpose in that color because i recognize how difficult it is for us to get nude bras so i'm just here to tell you i want you guys to try this people please try this what you're going to do is take their very simple fit finders quiz after you're done they're going to suggest a bra size to you they're going to give you a complimentary one and for doing that right now and being one of my listeners because i'll be taking care of y'all you will get 15 percent off your first order go to thirdlove.com slash love hour now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15 percent off your first purchase that's thirdlove.com slash love hour for 15% off today Um, okay so I absolutely um, love the story I think it is something that the money story is something that comes up in relationships that people aren't always able to quickly identify. Mm-hmm. So I love that you've created a resource for people to kind of have this money date, so to speak mm-hmm. and ask these questions so they can kind of hopefully cut some of these problems off at the head and work together to create a brand new story. Yeah. And one thing I did want to say for people who are working through their own money story is getting the habit of asking yourself, what's the worst that could happen? Um, because a lot of times when you're when you have these money stories, you just go all the way off the deep end or you have this anxiety and you don't really process. But what could be the outcome of this? And so asking yourself, well, what's the worst that could happen? Like literally, what's the worst thing that could happen if we do this or if we were to do that? What's the worst that could happen? Um, because then I think that helps you check how valid a fear is and how invalid a fear is. Some things is like, well, if we go on this vacation and we don't pay the, you know, we might not be to pay the rent and we're homeless, but something else could be, you know, it might be important to your spouse. And I definitely believe in keeping the peace. And it might be, what if we do this? Or what if we go out on a date night tonight? What's the worst thing that could happen? It's like, well, maybe we won't go to something on Sunday or maybe Mm -hmm. it might not be that big of a deal. So asking yourself, I I did that when I was considering um, becoming entrepreneur full time. 
and I had money and savings and I had still had all this anxiety and I was hesitant. And I was like, Tanya, what's the worst thing that could happen? It was like, you got to go back and use the degrees and get a job. And, and that I, can happen regardless. Yeah, you I didn't could have got laid want off. to, but in the same sense, that's not the worst case scenario, yeah. you know? And Your arm that, could fall yeah, off. Yeah, you, you know, <laughs> some, you, you living in my car, you know? But I know that that wasn't possible. I right. know that me living in my car wasn't even a thing because my mom and dad ain't letting that happen. Right. Like, I have a support network yeah. of people who are like, we got you. Right. So asking yourself what's the worst that can happen, I think, can help with a lot of financial fears and anxiety. And sitting down and really laying everything out, um, there is anxiety comes from a lack of clarity a lot of times. So when you say anxiety comes from a lack of clarity, yeah, that was good. So that was a good. You don't nugget. know, yeah. So you don't know where your finances stand. You don't know how many, you know, what your debts are, who you owe. You don't know what bills you paid for this month and what bills are remaining and so forth. You just know that you feel like you don't have it. Right. But let's <laughs> That's sit what down. I, I ain't got it. <laughs> but let's sit down and look at what do you actually owe? And I had to do this because as an entrepreneur, sometimes, you know, and I went out on maternity leave. So doing maternity leave as an entrepreneur is a whole other ball Man. game. And I had, we had about three months. We were good and everything. I was like, you know, I have checks to cover these three months, but then I hadn't been working for three months. Mm -hmm. So then I did a project and I'm expecting a check to come and I look at my terms. It's like, we're net 65. And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. that's two months. We, uh oh, like, mm, I don't want to dig into my savings. That's not what I want to do. And so I started getting anxiety about it. And I sat down and I was like, okay, let me write out everything. Let me look at what's owed versus what we have. And I was like, oh, you, you're good. But if I wouldn't have done that, I would have still had anxiety because yeah. of what that this money isn't coming in. But sis, you didn't need that money. You're good. Right. So and sometimes that's not the scenario and it helps you create solutions. But really sit down and get clear on what your financial situation is. And I think that helps with a lot of anxiety. That's good. Kev, did you want to say something earlier? Um, I forgot what it was now. Okay. okay. No, it's all good. That was such a long time ago. Get rolling. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to ask, hold on, I'm re looking at my questions. Okay, how do we then free ourselves so we don't replicate our own, assuming it's negative, uh, money story from like our, our parents, the one that we inherited, so to speak? How do we free ourselves so we don't replicate that? Yeah, asking yourself, how has this shown as true in my life? Say it again. How has this shown up as being true in how my has, own life? Mm -hmm. Because maybe it was true in their life, but has it ever been true in mm -hmm. yours? Have you ever had that experience? And a lot of times we're operating from a fear of an experience that we've never even experienced. Mm. And so asking yourself, like, how was this true for me? Yes, it might have been true for my parents, but based on my financial decisions, based on my financial standing, how is this true for me? And why am I living my life like this is my truth? Mm. That's you all in Melissa's closet right now. You, <laughs> I mean, you open the door. You're like, these are some dirty socks. This dress ain't been worn in a year. Because we do carry, I think we underestimate, and I'm, this is a lot of clarity for me too. We just have different stories. If we switch pat or bodies, I feel the same way she does. But we carry so much of our childhood without realizing it's ingrained yeah. in us. You know, it's like um, one of the things my dad, he used to always talk about, like, I want to get out of debt, get out of debt. He used to just always say it. But they were never out, you know. So in my mind, I was like, I don't want to be talking about the same thing forever. Mm -hmm. So when Melissa was like, look, let's buckle down. Not Mind you, I'm the spender. Um, she's like, buckle down. You know, in my mind, I'm like, I, my dad was never able to get out of debt. I want to. Now, one, and one thing to his defense, my mom was not helping him. Mm -hmm. 
So what would happen is he'd be buckling down. She's like, let's go visit my grandma. Let's go do this. And he doesn't want to be a bad husband, so he ends up yeah. doing that. So I was like, I'm not going to do that to Melissa. If we agree to do something, I, and that caused some friction in our family sometimes, not me and Melissa's family, but my extended family, because there was times when we had the, the boys were super young, but old enough that their plane ticket cost money. Okay. Right, so yeah. my family would be like, "Come visit us for Thanksgiving." Like four people, yeah, from Seattle to fa- like, bro, that's that is a that is a huge amount of money, right, and yeah. we diapers and wipes and daycare. Like, I can't do this. So it was like like nine years, eight or nine years, where we had Thanksgiving at home mm-hmm. in Washington because it just wasn't physically um, responsible. Actually, wasn't physically able mm-hmm. to happen. So uh, part of that is when I when we got okay like we when things started to become more clear for us melissa still operates as if they are completely unsure and unclear and i was like we you could take a deep you could take us a deep breath like you she's like what if no money comes in like we've set it up so like if no money came in for a while we still be good yeah for a while like we the best thing my dad ever told me in my life and i'm so thankful that he did he told me, and I said this last episode, I'm going to say it again if y'all didn't watch the last episode. When you get a raise, do not raise any of your bills. Mm-hmm. You will eliminate your raise. So as things got better, no new car, no new nothing, and then you can actually start to see yeah. some of your money. And then we paid off our debt. So money that comes in when it's big, it doesn't have a name to it. So that way when there's a long time, you know, the I'm off touring for three months, mm-hmm. you know, there's a huge amount of income when I'm touring. It goes to zero yeah. when I'm not touring. But if you're not spending, if your money is not spent on your 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 harvest months, then you can have some in the winter. And a lot of people don't do that. Even entrepreneurs don't do that. Yeah. That's the, you know, entrepreneurs, you know, I had a couple of good months. I'm going to go ahead and get this new car and everything else. And I'm not saying operate from a place of fear, but also operating from a place of being financially responsible. Do you really need that car? Now, if your car is breaking down every time you turn around and you don't have reliable transportation, we need to get you reliable transportation. Yeah. But if it's if you don't need that, then you also have to ask yourself, why am I doing this? Yeah. Because um, it's it's just lifestyle creep is real. And even as a financial lifestyle, lifestyle creep, that it's called lifestyle. Tell creep. me what you mean. So lifestyle creep is when things are good, you start taking on more expenses and they may seem small in the moment. But when things become financially stressed or you become strained, then you look at all those lifestyle decisions and all those expenses you took on in the time of feast. And now oh, you're like, oh, you. it creeped up. Like gotcha. it seems small in the moment, but now that it's not easy to pay them, you're starting to understand like, oh, I, I, I did do that. And even myself as a financial educator, I think it's important for financial educators to be responsible and talking about our own issues and our own. Y'all got issues? We got things. What we you got? We got, got 17 problems. Because nobody wants to look at a broke financial educator. Y'all, right? Literally, your like, credibility is gone. I don't like, want to hear from like, you. Ooh, she look like she is on struggle mode all the time. <laughs> like nobody wants to do that. But in the same sense, you know, like life costs money too. Yeah. And so I have to check myself consistently, um, which is like, okay, Tanya, you want to make this purchase you want to do this you want to do that and so my upbringing my parents from the military my parents always had nice cars like that was my mom and dad my dad i remember when we lived in oklahoma city and my dad had a suburban (laughs) before the nba team (laughs) so uh, my dad had a suburban with a two-tone paint job and like in my little you know my little Caucasian school. My dad pulled up looking like a drug dealer, picking me up from school. <laughs> had TVs in it and everything. But my parents, like, they always had nice cars. So when me and my husband moved out here, we had to, we decided to get a lease. 
and we got an Altima. Mm -hmm. And because it was financially responsible, he didn't have clients out here. You know, I like we were moving. We didn't know how secure we were going to be mm -hmm. and so forth. And I just remember every day I'd be like, I want I want a luxury car. Yeah. Like I want a luxury vehicle. I'm not used to driving it. Like I was just kind of in my feelings, and I had to check myself. Tanya, this is a financially responsible thing to do. Yeah, you should be. And then we got to a point where it's like things are good, and we ended up buying um, a luxury vehicle for me. But for me, I did I researched the heck out that car. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, it takes regular unleaded gas. Right. It has a warranty. It was a, it, it was a good decision for us, and we put half down. So my car payments are equal to that of the maxima gotcha. on it. Yeah. But it's just like, you know, understanding there are going to be things you want and just monitoring that lifestyle. You, like you can buy things, just be smart about it. Just make smart financial decisions. And I, I think, think that's so true. And one thing we've done is if we splurge, it is for us at least, it's a one-time purchase most mm -hmm. of the time. Like we were just, our car lease is about up and they're begging us. Can y'all please bring yeah, it are. back? We'll give you... So we were looking at cars like, let's look at the next step up. And yeah. we looked at them things. They was talking about 600, 700. I was like, man, what? Sign me up for 239 again. Right. Like, then I just started to realize, like, because that's a thing. Like, for me, if we go to Italy, like, people see that. They don't realize most of that was on miles, even the hotels on miles. But that's a purchase that doesn't follow you. Yeah. We get a six, $700 lease. For three years, that's three years of your life that you're committed years. to that. That's 36. not the same as saying, I'm going to buy some Jordans. No, it's 36 months. It's 36 <laughs> months of six, Every $700. single month. If something goes bad in eight months, you still got 28 months of left of six. Yeah. You know what I mean? You gotta now you're out. looking at like, oh, snap. What now you I hate done? the car. Right? Hey, I never even liked BMW. Car, like, oh. Right? So you know, know what I mean? But the, here's the other side of that. Everybody has their thing. Like everybody I'm has a thing that, that yeah. you, you got to have your, and I think you should, I, my thing is I like to Uber. I, I drove for three hours minimum every mm -hmm. day for four years, most of the time, three and a half, somewhere up to four. Now, when I have to go anywhere that's less, more than 15 minutes, I Uber, mm -hmm. but it's because I don't do anything else. Yeah. I don't buy no shoes. I don't buy that many clothes. I wear my own merch most of the time. I literally Uber and travel and I save the rest of my money, but everybody's got to have your thing. You got to enjoy your life, mm -hmm. but you can't, I don't think you should keep up with a lifestyle. That's not even attainable to yours. Cause we have some friends that are living wildly different lifestyles than us. Yeah. And we can be lifestyle creeping up to where they're living. And some one of the best things that ever happened to me is finding out some of my friends who have way more money than us do stuff smaller level than me. Because I was uber blacking for a while. I just, I was. I just was uber blacking. It happened to me one It happened. Time. I was, was like, let me get the SUV. There's a thing, right? <laughs> I saw the bill for one day. I was like, who do you think you are? <laughs> who? Kevin. I smacked myself verbally. I was like, you are out of your mind. You done went crazy. Out of control. I was out of control. <laughs> and I realized it. I looked at it. I was like, this is, this is pointless. This is a pointless Ubering already is a cost. Yeah. You want to ride in cigarettes. And then, uh, this is me. And then sometimes people smell like cigarettes. And other times they <laughs> recognize me in the car. I cannot be seen. $600 in a day one time. Because I had all type of meetings. I ended up getting what? LASIK. Like, it was a lot this day. Jeez. I, I was like, you're out of your That's mind. That's that car payment in a, a day. Like, in a day. In a day. Stupidness. Right? But then I stopped. You checked yourself. I stopped See, cold turkey. Like, that was... A dumb thing that I can't get back. I can't even write it off. Like, I can write some stuff off, boy. I'll tell you the things I can do. My, <laughs> once I met my account, I had a good one. He told me, Melissa, the best thing ever. He said, y'all don't, don't go on vacation. 
You going to France? It's a board retreat. I was like, it's a what? It's a, it's a retreat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been, yeah, but I, I'm definitely in agreement with that. That's why it's important to talk about money with people, too. Yeah. It's important to have money conversations among your peers. And I think for too long, talking about money has been taboo right. as well. Oh, it's a way the company gets away with paying everybody not enough. Yeah, exactly. It's because we don't talk about exactly. it. Exactly. That was why I ended up quitting my job. When I quit my job, it was because someone who did HR at my last job had quit. And so I had been building my, my flight fund, building my flight fund. And every time I was about to quit, they gave me a raise or something mm-hmm. else or lured me back in. Yeah. And then they had fired her. So she sent me a little DM on Facebook, like, let's have lunch. And I find out that they had brought in this other woman who had just graduated from college. Here I am with a master's degree, doing like way more work. Let than me just brought find her out. In. And she, got, she was started at the salary that I had just had to wait for two months to get approval wow. for. Wow. And that's why I was like, you know know what? And that's the beauty of being financially secure. Yes. Because I was like, I called my mom and I was like, mom, I'm going to quit my job today. (laughs) You you, you got my blood pressure boiling. I was boiling, you know. Because when I quit my job, my last job, I found out what some of the other people were making. And what I was afraid to ask for, they had been making. What I was afraid Oh, y'all got me messed up. And we're conditioned. Yeah. We're well, you know, he's going to be happy with this. We're just going to be saying, thankful. God bless everybody. We're going to take <laughs> our little bread and oil and die. Nah, bro. People yep. ask for stuff, get it. Yep. People who don't get what they keep. Exactly. So that's why it's important to normalize those conversations. Oh, yeah. To talk to, talk to your friends, talk to your colleagues about money, talk to family and so forth. Because then you start to learn like other things that people might be doing that's financially like you'd be like, Oh, I can adopt that in yep. my family right. or I can adopt that in my life. So or maybe you can help somebody else. Yep. Like this is how we cut these costs and so forth. So this especially in our community, yeah. let's talk about money. I remember I went to college in Miami. I had to submit financial aid documents. I got a loan. My aunt worked for the student loan, um, this student loan company. And my mom was like, Don't give her my taxes. I was like, that's your sister. What you mean? <laughs> your taxes. I don't want her to know how much I make. Shoot, my mom don't listen. My mom's not gonna watch it. But she was like, don't let her know how much I make. And it's just like that. She's not alone in that. That's so your true. Sister. There's a. It's your sister. She that's loves true. you more than like. Yeah. But that's what. And I think that keeps a lot of us stuck. It keeps a lot of us stuck yeah. in earning what we're earning. It keeps a lot of us stuck in making bad financial decisions. It keeps a lot of us stuck in not being held accountable to make better financial decisions and to do what we said we would do with our money and so forth. So talk to your family and people yeah. about money. I love that. I really um, quickly want to end, I think, because we kind of danced around the idea of being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Kevin and I are entrepreneurs. I think a lot of our audience are probably entrepreneurs as well. They probably find a lot of inspiration from me and Kevin. And I think a lot of times people might stay stuck because mm-hmm. of fear of what does this life look like? So I, w- I think I want to end kind of how to navigate financial terrain as a entrepreneur. I, tried, I just made that up right then and there, but it sounded real, real no, good. No, it did. Okay, so that's what we're going to go to. But before we do that, the holidays are coming around the, the corner with the holidays. We want you to make financial good financial decisions and nothing is a better financial decision than things that are free. Hello, mm-hmm. somebody. So I want to tell you about mm-hmm. Con- Canvas people. They are friends of the podcast. You guys have supported Canvas people wildly. They have been one of probably the most successful ads that we've done on the podcast. And so they are back and they want to help you capture your favorite moments on Canvas and turn them into unique works of art that add a beautiful touch to your home. Canvas people will get your favorite memories printed and cherished and beautiful prints that look great on any wall. And you can give them to your mama, your grandma 
grandmother, your auntie, your uncle, your cousin, your whoever will appreciate these because they really do do a really great job um, with their canvases. Right now, as a special offer, very limited holiday offer, canvaspeople.com is offering their popular 11 by 14 photo canvas for free. 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 That's crazy. These are normally $69.99, but you'll pay absolutely nothing. Just cover shipping and handling to get your free canvas. All you have to do is text Kevin. Kevin. That's K-E-V-I-N to 64,000. Again, that's Kevin. K-E-V-I-N to 64,000. You are just going. Yes. These, uh, this, you're just going to pay shipping and handling. I promise you this offer won't last. Please make sure that you support, um, and just give Get a free gift. It's the holiday seasons. Everyone's kind of strapped for some change and trying to figure out creative ways to do gifts. This is a great way to do that, and it will cost you nothing but shipping and handling. So again, text Kevin. That's K E V I Kevin to sixty four thousand. All right, Miss Tanya. This has been a really great conversation. I think talking about mindset and all of that is so great. So let's uh, close it out and let's talk about entrepreneurship. Oh, yeah. And how to navigate <laughs> that responsibly. Yeah. I mean, so my husband and I both are entrepreneurs. Um, how long have out. you guys been doing I want to say this. She has a tattoo that says yes. <laughs> and it's written in the yen, the pound, and the dollar sign. That's funny. That is the most baller thing I've <laughs> ever even thought of. You getting <laughs> money every day when you brushing your teeth. You in the mirror like, yeah, baby, we getting breaded out. You feed me. <laughs> <laughs> that has never happened in the mirror, but it's gonna happen tomorrow. <laughs> but I got this tattoo. Funny enough, I got this tattoo when I first moved to New York City. Um, I was in, so I had a music blog. My after I was like, I was helping people in the community. I was like, get these people. I don't want to do this no more. It's not enough money. I wanted to be a music supervisor, oh, and cool. I was managing an artist at the time. And um, I got this tattoo. I was like, you know, we getting money in all these countries See? and selling these currencies. And then I had to go back to work. <laughs> so I'm sitting in board meetings with my little yes tattoo on my hand. And, like, and now it makes sense, though. We now now that I talk about money, yes. it makes sense. And it actually has worked toward, you know, in being an entrepreneur, it's worked towards my authenticity. Because there are certain brands that are not going to work with me because I have a tattoo on my hand that says yes and I have a big afro. <laughs> but there are certain brands that be like, we just love how authentic Tanya is. Yes. That's exactly Don't what we want for agree? our audience. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly, oh, Tanya, you're great. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's worked out for me. You, I made it work. But, yeah, tomorrow morning I'm in the mirror like, hey. <laughs> And uh, you guys had a picture with your gold teeth. Yes. So, yes. I've always wanted gold teeth. Yes. I'm going to hook you up with my boy, but Scotty ATL. I, I've been like, Tanya, you, you're a financial educator. Your mom, you can't have gold teeth. Anybody can have a gold I'm grill. Gonna gold. <laughs> I'm going to get my I'm gonna gold. I'm going to get my gold. I'm going to plug you yes. with my boy, Scotty ATL. You deserve the I'm grill. I'm doing my live. Like, what's up, y'all? <laughs> what it do, Shada? We out here getting red. You feel me? In 50 states, 100 counties. You got to get it. You me? And then you can pull your grill down with the yes. That's hey. awesome. Yeah. I would take financial advice from you. You got the diamonds in there. That's now you got awesome. the 24 you know karat gold. And that's the beauty of working for yourself and yes. being an entrepreneur because you dictate your own narrative and so forth. So a lot of people look at, you know, like, oh, she gets to live this life. She gets to make these decisions and so forth. But there's also responsibility that comes with that yes. there's instability that comes to being an entrepreneur because checks don't like it's not always what you see on instagram no. 100%. some brands don't pay on time yes. Bruh. Uh, and let me tell you what 
vacation has become the bane of my existence. Hmm. Traveling is, I love it. It's literally like I was telling Melissa, we got to enjoy our life as it happens. Yeah. I don't want to wait till I get old to enjoy the fruits of my labor. But when you do all these podcasts, this year we didn't work vacation to any of our podcasts. Mm. So when we get ready to go away for a week, it's like three weeks of prep, shooting double episodes. Like regular people, they leave that work on Friday yep. from their job. When I yeah. worked at the bank, I remember, don't talk to me. Right. I'm on vacation. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. I don't care if the bank burns down. That ain't my problem until right. I get back. In this job, you can never fully be completely gone. Right. Yeah. And I mean, technically you can, but it's highly unlikely it's, impossible. Yeah. It's, it's another it's your baby also. yes it's i like, always say entrepreneur lifestyle lifestyle is a vacation every day and you work every day yeah you can decide is. not to work today at all but tomorrow you're gonna have to work twice as hard yep you know what i mean yeah. so yeah or you got to build the team up around you yeah um and that's then you got to work to make sure they get paid <laughs> my assistant just like hit me with it we've been together for a while oh you know what that means and yeah. i was like oh yeah. but in the same sense she adds so much value to my life and makes my life so much easier and helps me work smarter and more organized that i was okay i'm yeah. ready to make this change we're going to level up and we're going to do this and so as an entrepreneur it's important to be organized yes. i think there are too many people who you know not using quickbooks or some type of invoicing system so you can get an easy snapshot of what your invoices like your income coming in and your um, your outcome or your output for your business it's important to review your statements first of all let's make sure you're separating your accounts mm -hmm. so you have your business account and you have a separate you know your personal account so pay yourself a draw from that and so that you're separating those expenses because it's very easy to just continue to dig into your business money and then you don't have money to invest in your business right because you've been doing all this personal stuff in your business money so keeping those accounts separate, but auditing and looking at what you're spending money on, because, you know, you can listen to podcasts or, you know, go to these conferences and so forth or see this ad that pop up and be like, you know what? You need this to make your business run smoother. And you're like, you know what? I do I need do that. Need I do need that. Don't I? Yeah. What yeah, that's going to help again? me make more money. And then six <laughs> months later, you're like, I never even implemented that, but Man. I'm still paying $100 every month. Yep. And that $100 could go towards that assistant you need or that social media person that you right. need and so forth. So continuing to audit and making sure that there are investments in your business you know melissa and i had to do that we we had a larger team very early six mm -hmm. months ago we had a publicist and we really had to look at that because that that was a hard cost yeah right and we had to look at what we're paying this publicist a month is it what is it doing because so, sometimes it's not to generate money we get that yeah but if this value is not worth that where could that amount of money be better use yeah is it to pay our mortgage down is it to hire maybe a producer who who will change our lives mm -hmm. you know you like you have to do that type of stuff because a lot of businesses fail because they, they just, like you said, they don't evaluate. Mm -hmm. Just keep adding costs. You got to, okay, is this cost now worth something? Exactly. If it's not generating income, is it freeing me up? Like when we hired Josh, our editor, the main reason we hired him, one, because we were paying him a lot, part and parcel. But two, we realized if we hire him to edit everything, it'll free us up to make more content. Mm -hmm which would generate more income. Which would make more money. It makes more money. Same thing so with- he makes sense. He makes sense. But the publicist- Publicist wasn't generating- that up. A lot of people want publicity. They want publicity. They right. want to be seen. Let me tell you, when I was on the cover of Black Enterprise, I might've made, you know, directly from that actual cover at that time. Now it added to my legitimacy and sure, so forth. Sure, credibility. But I might've made $600, $800 off of that. Right. You know what I mean? Wow. Because I didn't even have an email list set up. 
So a lot of people want publicity without having the systems in place to capitalize off that publicity. And what you gonna do the with the new publicity? Exactly. Like I didn't add people to my mailing list. Like I didn't. I didn't even know my speaker fees should be. So I was lowballing myself, speaking to places for five hundred dollars. Right. And so you for, was just on the cover of the magazine, like Aha! I was like, ah, I'm making yeah. more. Like my job pays me twenty five dollars an hour. I'm making five hundred dollars to go speak somewhere, not knowing that sis, this is not it. And people are really making more money speaking. And if you were actually investing in a coach or working with someone who can help you level up you'd be able to capitalize off of this but all that needs to be done before you seek yep. publicity because a lot of people think that publicity will change your business and it won't if you're not prepared to capitalize off Bruh, you talking Bold right t-rap <laughs> that's my nickname is, is it, it it is trap yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know so much about her just off this one conversation i picked the nickname out i noticed the tattoo situation y'all i i guess i'm righteous and ratchet you yeah. are i am we're all, I am. I am. We're all righteous and ratchet i, I am but i'm is, telling you i'm glad yeah. you're here because me and melissa have been talking about this like i want to introduce a master class where i teach people everything i know about social media and and my issue is one i literally as you're talking i'm like i am her mm -hmm. i want to give away the information melissa's like you are going to kill yourself yeah trying to make sure every you're gonna lowball yourself because you want to help people like what you're doing is right your thought process she just told me this morning what your thought process is right but you got to figure out the right way to do this right because you all you do she said this without saying it she's like all you do is add stuff <laughs> to your plate you mm -hmm. don't take off you just add and in my mind, I'm like, I've been like, I got to get my family a house. Mm -hmm. And in this city, probably more than any other city, but San Francisco or New York, it's the hardest thing to do. I got you. I can help. I can talk to you about that offline. Praise it's Jesus. It's not illegal either. Y'all, we got it. It's not illegal. <laughs> it's not. It, it don't have I to be legal. I said that like I got to hook up. <laughs> it don't have to be it, legal. Yeah. That don't matter. <laughs> that, ain't, that ain't no problem. That ain't no problem. Uh, but I think it's so interesting that when you're you're basically an artist as well yeah and when you're an artist you and my brother he's my uh manager he gets so mad at me he's like you just go do stand up for six dollars <laughs> i was like i just like to make other people laugh <laughs> like bro but that's fine but you got to get your worth and yeah. i think that's what you're saying underlying is like if you're skilled and talented you should get your worth you don't have to overcharge people but don't short change your, yeah. yourself in the process, because you're going to end up killing yourself. You got bills, too. I, listen, I got two of them are in there. <laughs> <laughs> and they're the biggest, biggest life sucks and of money out. They and they, they don't, don't hardly, stop. my kids don't even hardly ask for anything. They don't A couple stop. games on the phone, but my oldest eats. <laughs> he eats like he's a professional athlete. He ordered a pound of salmon. The other day, a pound For what? to eat it. No sides. He just and let me get a pound of, of salmon and, and ate it, it all. And then was like, what's for dinner? You ate a pound of flesh. <laughs> what you just ate? <laughs> a whole what's salmon died. So you could have a snack? That was his snack. Yeah, luckily, JoJo be like, ah, food. I could do with it. I could not. <laughs> he can have it. Like, if, it. If I had two Zays, we'd be out of house and home. Man, no, it's, you are, you're right. You're an artist. It is. You're, you're, you're an artist, and it's important to manage that. And it's also important to understand, like, it's a long-term game. So you want to be in business for a, you know, most of us don't want to go back to work. Once right. you feel this freedom, oh, like, I don't want to go back. Um, but if you don't properly utilize your time and learn how to delegate and learn what are valuable activities versus, you know, just time suck activities, then you're not going to be able to scale at the level that you want to yep. scale. And you're going to be resentful. 
that's what was happening is I was becoming resentful because I wasn't charging what I was worth. And so I felt financially stressed. And I was like, it's because you're not charging what you're worth. And it's no one's responsibility to charge what you're worth but you. Yep. Right. But now I have a manager, actually. So this is another area where I had to level up as an entrepreneur is bringing in support for yep. people who can do things that you aren't necessarily comfortable doing for right. yourself. Mm -hmm. And so now my manager, like, he'll be like, no, no, we're not doing that. Right. And I'm like, really? You'd be like, no, we're not doing it for that amount. Yeah. I'm like, okay, we're not doing it for that amount. <laughs> and, right. You know, and then he'll get it. And I'll be like, dang, I really would have charged them like half of that. Right? Yeah. So it's important to understand what your weak spots are. And then Negotiation bring in people is mine. that can support negotiation. Because I want to perform, mm -hmm. I, mine is just like, oh, that's fine. And then you don't want to negotiate for yourself. And then you walk in, they're like, mm, he played hardball. Yep. There go your room. Right. Like, yep. You right. know what I mean? So it is important to create that boundary. Yep. But maybe work out an arrangement where you're not paying somewhat up front but you pay them a percentage of what they bring absolutely in they that negotiate. way they're fully incentivized to exactly. get it and also if you don't get it we we don't get it yeah if i don't eat you're you not don't working eat. yeah you're, like, you're not that's why i love my brother because if he loses out on a deal he don't eat either yeah so it's in his best interest to get the most for skin him and i skin is in the game yeah. and when he locks it in i got no problem sharing let, let me tell you what you got no problem sharing the cake, especially if you bring it in a much bigger cake. Like, have your piece, baby. <laughs> plenty of cake for me. I'll eat my pea. You have a slot. I don't mind that. Don't make me no. Never mind. Bring the cake in, though. That's how yeah. we decided about aging. I was gonna do no aging forever, but they start bringing cakes to the dinner and setting up stuff that I could not do by yeah. yourself. You talking about a sheet cake at Costco? <laughs> I got a call yesterday. We'll tell you offline. I said, oh, this guy. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> but that's the beauty of like understanding what your blind spots are. So as an entrepreneur, it most of, especially someone getting started, you want to do everything. You're like, yep. I can't afford to pay someone else. But then it gets to the point where you're like, can you afford not to pay someone to support yep. you in this way so that you can scale to the next level so you can get off this ground level and start playing bigger? So it is, you know, I highly recommend finding a coach or joining a mastermind or you know finding a, another group of entrepreneurs who might not be create your own mastermind if you can't pay to join a large one but get accountability and work with people who force you to think larger and to think outside of your thought process yep because there like there's beauty in talking to people about money you learn so much about talking um, about money to people but you also learn about working with other people when it comes to your business yep. yeah love that so good so um kevin did you want to add anything else i think this is a good place to stop no i want to get off and talk about this house okay <laughs> um, i do too um tanya uh do you have any last words or words of advice or anything and then you can end with giving people information on how to follow you um i think we talked about so much amazing stuff but i think at the core of it it is communication mm -hmm. and even when it comes to money it's important to communicate with yourself communicate with others about money and um not to feel shame about your money story there's a lot of shame and one thing i've learned is that shame does not serve you shame does nothing but make Love you feel bad sentence. about yourself and so just working through that and understanding you made the best decision that you could based with what you had available to you and now you have more available to you and you'll make better decisions so communicating eliminating shame um and then figuring out where you need support and not being afraid to ask for that support find resources the internet is a wide vast place you should not be stumbling around you know like in life without without these answers because there's so many answers available online my fat finance literally started with me going to the library and saying i'm going to figure out this and now it's you know i'm about to 
I think over the course of my business, I have to sit down and look at to verify this mm-hmm. statement. But over the course of oper- operating my business, I'm definitely bumping up on a million dollars. And I did not think that that was possible. But it started with me going to the library and checking out a book. So awesome. Literally and looking at forums and just like we're going to piece it together, looking at Pinterest boards and everything. A okay. million dollars? Now, I don't got it in the bank, but we generated that in, in revenue right. over the course of the I business. Think that's awesome. You know, and so it's just go seek the answers because they're there. Okay. I I think that that was you heard it here. Trap's finest. I d- right, right, right. <laughs> Next time we see us, you're gonna have dreads, <laughs> gold <laughs> grill, <laughs> a chain. We out here getting money uh, on tears. a fine natural I'm tip, like, boy. Melissa <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I think that um, the His and Her Money podcast. One of the biggest uh, pieces of feedback that we received. It, it seemed doable and approachable and reachable. And I think you've also offered that same sort of this. I can do this. I can do this. I can can sit and think about my money story. I can have my spouse think about their money story. We can come together and create a new money story. I can go out and find resources to help me do this better, faster, more efficient, leaner, whatever the case may be, and change the trajectory of of your life and your kid's life and create a new legacy. I think that, that is so valuable and something that people can hold on to. Yeah. Um, so good stuff. I also want to say one thing before we go. Even if you're not married, understanding your money story for just for a potential partner. Mm -hmm. Like, here's how I saw the world, you know, like we, me and Greg were talking. So he talking about how much his dad, like he took on his dad's personality. My dad thinks that's a waste of money. And Greg be like, that's a waste of money, man. We could do that. I'll eat bread and water the rest (laughs) of my life. I don't need no steak. You know what I mean? But you take on your parents' personality because that's how they do. And so much of it is so like, it's, it is your beginning story, but it doesn't have to be your end. Yeah. So it could good. be the first couple of chapters of your life. Like, we all started from poverty, right? We Well, we all. <laughs> you were doing okay, but th- these three were start. But that doesn't have to be the end of our story. You know what I mean? We could be like, like our kids are not going to see life like that. Yeah. But what are we going to teach them? Yeah. Teach them how to use your time and uh, your knowledge for money instead of your time, mm-hmm. how to how to run a good business. Like mm-hmm. we're teaching our kids that stuff without even them realizing it. They're going to yeah. be like, man, my dad and them was running business. They were selling merch. They had their own office. Like that's what they see. And then yeah. they get to see the benefits of all that. But they also have to see all the hard work. Right. You yes. know what I mean? So that but everybody they know is entrepreneurs. They hardly know anyone in their life who goes and punches a clock and comes home. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, but you know not. what else I forgot to say? This is what I was going to say earlier. Mm-hmm. My mom was an entrepreneur even before, like on a very low level, because military, it's hard for the person who's not in the military to go along in their career because they they, are always picking up and moving. So my mom was like, I got to have a business that I can take with me. So she had a travel business. She had marketing company. She's always running a business. So when I was a kid, I used to sell candy. I used to buy it on base for 33 cents. We went to school off base. I would sell it for a dollar. Great margins. My friend put me out of business because he would steal the candy. (laughs) And then <laughs> sell it for fifty cents. Yeah, we oh he he cut me out. He was the Tommy to my ghost. We started our friends. <laughs> now we're evil, you know. But but I was doing that. I was on military base. I had a lawn mowing business. I had flyers color at the time, Ooh. and we had inspections on Wednesdays. I would go out on Tuesdays and charge more because you know if you get fined tomorrow for your grass not being cut, seventy five dollars. Give me twenty five. It'll be cut in twenty Look minutes. At that. And people was like, and I've literally been doing that to comedy and all my other stuff. Like I've taken that same mindset but i saw my mom doing that 
And then my kids will see both of their parents doing that. So yeah, some people have a hustler's ambition, but I think some of it is learned hustler's from their parents. Hustler's ambition. Yeah, that's me. I'm gonna get that tattoo was, right here. <laughs> my dad was a hustler, even though he was in the military. My dad was a military DJ. My dad was like my parents. I remember them um, stocking groceries at the PX like during the holiday season. Dang. More money. My dad has always been a side hustler. Yes. And so for me, when it was starting my business, neither one of my parents necessarily left the military they retired out so they were like we we gonna get this disability we gonna get right, this retirement right. like we ain't i don't need to start a business but in the same sense my dad did teach me about enough about principles of owning your own business yep. and seeing that and we model for our children right so we model and so if there's something you want your child to be model that yep instead of being like well they're gonna figure it out or school's gonna teach them oh no, man i'll put my kids them. out of school I love that. Sell drugs. I love that. I think this is a, a great spot to. And I actually had a conversation with the kids on the way over, and I asked them, "What is your relationship with money? What do you think? What do you think about money in our family?" So I think those are important conversations. You guys should definitely well, do did, it. He said, "Y'all rich." He did. Yeah, he yeah. said it today too. <laughs> they were both like, uh, "Well, story. actually, they said we're not rich." What they said was. Um, I believe that we're wealthy. And I was like, well, tell me oh, what we you don't mean. Went from rich to wealthy <laughs> yeah, now? Yeah, but they don't, they don't consider wealth higher. Yeah. So rich is the top to them. Oh, good. And so Keep they, them there. I said, well, what do, you, um, <laughs> what do you think about, well, what does wealthy mean to you? Because I was like, wealthy, child. And so they were like, um, like, we're better than the average family, but we're not rich. And so wealth to them is that. Kind of you keep it and don't tell them nothing yeah. different. And so I was like, um, you know, so what do you guys want to be when you like, do you f find, do you think you want to go to work? Do you guys want to do an entrepreneur? Like, what do you guys want? So I had a full conversation with yeah. them to try to understand the, the, the money story that I'm passing along to yeah. them. What are they internalizing based on what they see? We've never had these conversations, but they're internalizing something. Yeah. I want to say, I thought we were rich <laughs> growing up. I was like, mom and dad, mom got a Q45. Dad got this car. Like I, we're rich. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we moved to North Carolina. My parents retired, and my dad ended up um, getting a job, a, a civilian job. And we were good, and my my dad lost his job. And I remember one point, my mom, I had to go cash my savings bond mm. for our, like for them to cover the household expenses. Mm. I was like, this don't feel rich. rich. <laughs> what about the Q45? This does not. Mom still had her Lexus, and she was like, say something, take my Lexus away. <laughs> my dad got rid of, he had a Lexus truck, and he got rid of his Lexus truck. Like, I feel like that was a humbling moment for us as a family as a whole. Um, and that was like, I ended up having to get a job. I ended up having to pay for, you know, my things in high school. And my parents, you know, they bounced back from that and so forth. But that also was important to understand, like, Tanya, no, we're not rich. And things can change at any it given moment. Man. And you need to know how to adjust. Yeah. And so that's when I was, Yo. my mom was like, so we don't pay for your school lunch anymore. You pay for it out of your, your salary. Like, your your little food line job, that's what you buy your lunch yep. right now. And your nails and the Jordans you want. You buy that, but you got to figure out how to buy your lunch, too. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, if I bought Jordans that weekend and I don't put money aside for lunch, you Man. just was going to eat on your – I had to eat on my friend's free lunch. I was like, you uh -huh. come to school today? All yeah. right, let me use your code. <laughs> and I had to learn, like, but, but that was valuable, too. And so my parents kind of letting me in on that experience also helped me realize that, like – Rich don't last forever if you don't do the right things financially. So that's a good lesson. Like, yeah, but to let your kids know wealthy is when tell you they what. don't have to work. Yeah. Like, y'all don't have to worry about jobs. Yeah. That's wealthy. Right. Listen, it's so funny. My dad, he he taught me so many good lessons. I'm so thankful for him. One of which, I asked him to borrow $200 for my rent the first time, only time. He was like, okay, this is it. And I want you to learn this lesson. Because I got an eviction notice the first time I had my apartment. The first, because the first was on a Saturday. I was like, oh, oh I'll pay them on, on, on Monday. 
Yeah. Viction notice Saturday night, three Dang. days. I was like, God, Where the banks ain't even open in Tacoma. Apartment was like 545, and that was like, I don't know how I'm going to come up with it. And my dad said this. I was like, Dad, how did I get eviction on the first day? And my dad said, people only care about you as much as you pay them on time. Mm. And I was like, well, dang. Like, and that's that's real. That's real. And the next thing I learned, because they let me, same situation. They're like, you want Jordans? Go work. I worked at Burger King. They let me keep my whole check. Thankful to them. When I got my first apartment, I realized it was Jordans. The amount of money on a new pair of Jordans was my cable bill, food for this, heat, or whatever, mm-hmm. I stopped buying Jordans mm-hmm. for years. I'm like, bro, I'm literally eating my dinner. Literally. I'm wearing it on my feet. Yeah. But because they didn't give me everything, it taught me the value of money, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to say something. I've okay. been doing that for a while. <laughs> okay, so I, I want to end here okay. for bye, real, for bye, real. Bye, so bye, please bye. tell everyone where they can follow you, get the resources, all of that. Yeah, so uniformly branded as MyFab Finance on all platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, MyFab Finance. But I also, you can find my personal account in the MyFab Finance bio at tanya.rapley um, on Instagram. And then also for people who are having issues navigating, it's like, I don't know what my money story is. I don't really know what like my money says about me. We actually created a quiz. What does your money say about you at MyFab Finance? So they can go to myfabfinance.com backslash quiz and take the quiz and see what your money is saying about you. Because it's saying something. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. So And we can start our relationship and become connected. And if you like how I talk about money, I can continue to talk to you. I love it. Thank you so very much for joining us today, Tanya. You're a blast. I feel like you're yeah. fun to hang out with. Like you're honestly, a blast. yeah, yeah. I I had a really good time talking to you today. Um, okay, I think that's it. Thank you guys so much for joining us. This will be the last episode in the financial series. I think I called it Money Matters series. Uh, make sure that you follow His and Her Money. Make sure that you follow My Fab Finance. We will do this again next year sometime. Um, make sure that you sign up for the con. Conference. We have some special pricing coming out soon. If you're in Charlotte, make sure you come to the Plus One event. It's going to be a really, really good time. And we have about 60 tickets left or so. So make sure you sign up for that. And I think that's it. Until the next time, bye. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.